his first day of the year. I had to have my, my boy back. He showed up that day. I've been missing him. Amen. Um, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for each one of you. And um, as I go into the word today, I don't I don't even know how this gonna hit. That's why I'm saying, God, just do what you do what you want to do. Amen. As I um you know, as I have just continued to preach through the book of Leviticus, it has been a real blessing to me because um this book has showed me probably more than any other time in my life that everything is in the word. Like all the answers that we need can be found in the word of God. Um we just got to spend more time in it. We just got to take more time to look. And so, um, you know, I know I've been preaching. I've been preaching throughout the book of Leviticus. And then it's kind of got this little this little mini series in it called Messy. And, and so this is going to be part three of Messy, the last part of, of that. Um, and I'm going to be in Leviticus chapter 15 in Romans 1. Um. And I just thank God for the Holy Ghost because, you know, regardless of what I have on this paper, God always tweaks it when I get ready to deliver. Um, but based on minister's testimony, you know, the, the first line on my paper is that God cares about what you do with your body. But I, I like the Holy Spirit just tweaked it when she got done talking and just says, God cares what you do, period. He cares about how you live, right? He cares about how you treat people. Um, he cares about what you say. He cares about every. He cares about you, and because he cares about you, he cares about what you do. And so, chapter fifteen is an interesting chapter, and you know, just like other chapters in Leviticus, it would be a chapter that's easy to pass over because you'll be like, okay, God, what is? What this chapter got to do with church? What this chapter got to do with living? And I feel like it's a chapter that most people don't want to touch because they will probably think that it's that's a little inappropriate for the church, Pastor. But everything is in the word of, of God. And so chapter 15 of Leviticus deals with intercourse and bodily fluids in both men and women. Right? And so... You know, our brain goes one one place when I say those words. But God's mind ain't dirty like us. When he says something, it's just like it's 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 it's, it's natural. It's natural, it's pure, it's just it's just what he designed and made the body to do. He's not thinking about it in a perverted way. That's us, right? And so the heart of the chapter is that God is concerned about life and death. It's about the process that creates life. And it's about how we can misuse or take that process for granted and it can lead us to death. Right. This chapter is about the respect that we should have for the process of creating life, of living life. Right. It's about the, the respect that we should have for each other, the differences that we have as men and women. And it's about the respect that we should have for our own bodies. Um. And so without getting into detail, I'm going to assume that most of us understand basic biology, right? So I'm not going to be too graphic, especially with children in the room. Um, and so a quick summary of the chapter without reading all of those verses is that in this chapter, God basically says that any type of 
bodily fluid that comes from a man or a woman make them unclean for a period of time. Right. And the resolution, just like we've read in other chapters of Leviticus, the resolution to this uncleanness was to go through some type of process. And so it, this process described in chapter 15, they were to bathe. Right. They were to bathe, like take a shower, take a bath, and then eventually make a sin offering and a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the reason that God wanted them to do this is kind of summed up in the 31st verse. And it reads, the Lord told Moses to warn the people of Israel about their uncleanness so that they would not defile the tent of his presence, the church, right? Which was in the middle of the camp. If they did, they would be killed. And so the heart of this chapter is God wants us to respect the process of life and death and not to bring all of that baggage and all of that trauma and all of that pain and all of that uncleanness into the house of worship. So what you had a lot of times in the Old Testament and other religions, they would make sexual intercourse a part of the worship process. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It would be all kind of stuff going on in the church. And the reason that they would make it part of the worship process, because generally when you think about intercourse, you think about intimacy. So they figured if I connect intimacy in the church, it's going to bring me closer to God. Y'all stop. Y'all, y'all picking up on them. Okay. So this sermon is not going to be about how bad sex is and it just make you filthy, but how God wants intimacy and intercourse and what we do with our body to be respected. It's about how God wants us to worship and honor him with everything that we do, including our bodies. God put these rules into place, right? He put these rules into place because he was concerned with how sex and the functions of our body would impact worship, right? Intercourse was not to be practiced in the sanctuary or used as a way to bring someone closer to God. So I want y'all to understand that sex can't make somebody love you. Y'all been there. Y'all been there. Sex can't make somebody love you. Why? Because God is love, and God is the ultimate giver of life. Right? If you want to make somebody love you, you got to start with God, not sex. Because God is love. God is not sex. Right? If you want to begin a new life or begin life with someone, you got to start with God. Right? Just having a baby or creating a life is not going to make that person that you create that baby with love you. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So God is trying to put sex and intercourse and intimacy with others in its place and having respect for people and not crossing boundaries with people, but put me first. Let me show you how to love. Let me show you how to be intimate. So then when you get ready to engage in any type of relationship with somebody, you'll know how to do it the correct way. So now if you get those two things out of order, you're going to get life wrong. Right, y'all understand what I'm saying? Sex is the way that human, like all animals or all creatures, 
produce life. But y'all got to think, who came up with this process? God did. He understands the process. So we got to put him first if we are supposed to understand how life works. And so I hope that we can agree that sexuality, lust, attraction, right? All of these things and the misuse of these things and the perversion of these things can derail your Christian walk. Y'all understand what I'm saying? All these things that we do, how it can derail our Christian walk, right? When you get this wrong, that's when you get infidelity. That's when you get cheating. That's when you get pornography. That's when you get lust. That's when you get same-sex attraction. That's when you get fornication with your sex outside of marriage. I hope y'all ain't got sandals on because I know most somebody told me. Right? This way you get this way you get scandals from broken homes, sexual abuse, self-esteem issues, body issues, physical pain, STDs, possibly even death. When you get this wrong, when you get how God intended intimacy and worship to be, when you get this wrong, this is where all that pain comes from. Because we out of order. So God says, he, he gives these priests in Leviticus, he gives them this process, right? So every time, not like I need y'all to consider, because I know I didn't read the verses, but I want y'all to understand that he says, any bodily fluid. So, them dreams you have. If you old enough to understand as a, as a man, you understand. Them dreams you have, the stuff that you do when ain't nobody there with your phone or your television, right? So even when you sleep and you're really not conscious what you're doing, that particular moment or time of the month for females, right? Those, like, those things are natural. But God is saying, during this process, you are deemed unclean. I need you to go bathe. Right? That's step one. Go bathe. Not, not in a crazy way. I'm talking about bathe just like we bathe. Go bathe and then come back and present a burnt offering just like I preached in the business. Come back and offer me you. That's, that was the process for purification. But the reason that I just took you through that because how often do those things happen? Once a week. Twice a week, even when you in the pro- even when you in a proper relationship, God says if fluids are exchanged, you are unclean. I need you to go through this process. So I need you to think about how often these things happen, and how restrictive it would be to have to go through a cleaning process every time you would act, you engage in an act that involved bodily fluids. You're gonna be you're gonna be taking a shower almost every day, every other day, or watching on me like you gotta be cleaning up all the time, right? And so what happens, right? I, I want y'all to wrap y'all mind around it. So what happens, either you're gonna take time to honor the process and get clean and do stuff the right way. You either gonna take time to honor the process, or you just gonna say, Man, it's too much. I might as well just stay dirty. I'm t- I, I can't be going through this 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 bathing and offering process every other day because because I'm doing X Y and Z. This just too much. 
I might as well just remain dirty because I'm just going to keep doing this again next week anyway. Right? When we're talking about semen and blood and water, y'all, we are talking about the very forces of life. What would happen to the human race if any of these things completely dried up? If your blood dried up, if the water in your body dried up, if all the men lost their semen, if the women couldn't have blood during that, that's, that time when the babies poke, like everything would stop. And so this is why God takes intimacy and intercourse and all this stuff serious because this is the very way that the human race continues to go on, that life is created. So what happens when sin enters into that process? It screws up life. It screws up how we do life. We often see like God making rules like this as restrictive, but really when God puts rules or fence around us, it's protective. He's saying honor the process, honor your bodies, honor each other, honor your wife's cycle. This ain't the time to watch porn because she bleeding for seven days. This is the time for you to have self-control. You got to have some self-restraint. And if I got to be honest, so much of the weight of what I'm talking about falls on men to walk right in the process. Because let me tell y'all something, women and men don't think the same about sex. As a man, and I know our drive is so much different than a woman's drive. So y'all got to understand, we're no women priests. God was talking to the men. God was giving the men this process and saying, teach this, respect this. Y'all understand what I'm saying? This is not to say that women don't have certain obligations, but the things that I'm, I'm reading is written to men in a men-dominated space. God's instructions are holding men accountable for protecting women. Even though Eve was wrong, what would life have looked like if Adam had protected her from Satan lies instead of blaming her for making him believe He could have protected her instead of blaming her. And then turn around and say, God, the woman that you gave me made me do it. No. Right? Y'all go back to the sermon that I preached you know, when I was talking about childbirth in the process that's supposed to, to be happening in the home with the woman, with the wife, with the, with the father when the baby is born, right? All of these rules that God is laying out in Leviticus is teaching us how to honor his process for life. You got to take the time, right? When did that birth process? He taught us about taking the time to pray and allow life to come forth, right? When your wife had that baby, she ain't supposed to be getting right back to it. She probably going through something with her body, right? And just like I told y'all on watch night, we got names for all. We call it postpartum and all of this stuff. But what happens when, as a man, after my wife gives birth, I start praying, I start uplifting, I start doing all of this stuff to help with the postpartum, to walk through the process, to respect what's happening. Like, life just 
Number one, life just came forth in one of the, the most vulnerable times for a woman that she could possibly die is when she was giving birth to a child. Whose child? Your child. Come on now. It's good to me. So this whole process, while God is trying to put these things in place, he's trying to teach us another way to be intimate. Right? He's trying to teach us how to, how, how to purify our relationships. Sex can't be the main thing in a relationship. If that's the only thing that you got to make somebody hold on to you, they ain't going to be there long. They're not going to be there long. And they probably going to be in other relationships like that. Right? When you think about reproductive organs, what are they for? Reproduction. And the fruitfulness of God's covenant. What you mean the fruitfulness? When he said go, be fruitful, and multiply. That's what God gave us these things for. But we use them in so many other ways. Right? Y'all women. Think about your reproductive organs. You use them to get you a man, don't you? You'll show them off. You'll show them off to get likes. Right? Because you want a husband. So I got to attract them. He didn't give you them for that. He didn't give you, the, he didn't give you them things. That's a perversion. Dress it, you dress it all up to get the man, but then when he only respects you for the things that you made important, that you dressed up, now your feelings hurt. But you made it a priority to get them. So y'all thought I was just gonna get the mean. Okay. Right? So God is not saying now, don't get me wrong, because I say this is not this is not a sermon against. This is a sermon to put things in proper perspective, to respect the process. Right? Sex is strictly reproduction. The icing on the cake is. It's, it's, a, it's pleasurable, not painful. Right? So not only did God create this process for life to come forth, he said, I'll make it pleasurable too. But what we do is, what we do is, right, we pervert the pleasure. We pervert the pleasure and we make it bigger than God. So then we just want the pleasure part of it. And that's why when the responsibility of giving life comes forth, so many men walk away. Because they just wanted the pleasure. They didn't want the responsibility that came when life came forth. It's a perversion. And so this perversion gives birth to sin and the brokenness. Right? When we do all of these things, we, we make all of these things a priority. And then we shock when sin enters the picture. It's certain people that your children was never supposed to be around. But you put them in an environment. Because you, you thought the man was going to give you security versus God. Right? You dated that man that was selling the drugs or doing whatever. Right? 
Because you couldn't take the full responsibility. You put the responsibility on the grandparents to raise your children. And then stuff start going left and you want to blame it. How, how could you let A, B, and C happen? Where was you when doing the parenting process? Who gave birth to the life? The grandparents or you? If we would respect the process, all this weight would fall on people that it was never intended to fall on. We see in Romans 1 verses 18 through 28, we see the result of this brokenness. It says, God's anger is revealed from heaven against all the sin and evil of people whose evil ways prevent the truth from being known. God punishes them because what can be known about God is plain to them. For God himself made it plain. I need y'all to understand 19 means faith in here. So I'm pretty sure as I read them verses, some of y'all just focused on the punish part. But the reason that God allows punishment to come, he said, because I'm trying to tell you the truth. You won't listen to the truth. So punishment comes. But if you would listen to the truth, the punishment wouldn't come. That's a blessing that God was sending a warning before destruction. But you can't you got to hear that when you read stuff like that. You can't just say, oh, he punishing people. No, he's saying, I, I can't because it like just like was preached on white night. He's saying, I have to step, I have to step back because you refuse to listen to the truth. He says, Yeah, I punish them because what can be known about God is plain. For God Himself made it plain ever since God created the word. His invisible qualities. Y'all listen to this. Ever since God created the world. His invisible qualities, both his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen. The stuff you saying you can't see, the stuff, the times when you saying, God, where are you? God say, it's clear. It's clear. It, you, you can't, you, you, it, it, it's not, the reason you can't see it is because you don't want to see it. He say, but it's clear. If y'all would respect the process. And so uh, y'all please understand that I've, I've been I've been that all that, that Leviticus, I'm preaching out that old, but that is the that is the beauty of Jesus. That if you've been getting the process wrong up until this point, you got an opportunity to switch that thing around. You got an opportunity to stop shacking. You got an opportunity to stop having sex. See, these are the type of messages that make people like walk away from the church. But when you walk away from the church, you're doing exactly what I read in Romans 1. I'm giving you the truth. and I'm making it plain. I'm making it clear. But you don't want the truth. So to avoid the truth, I'm just going to stop coming to church. I ain't going there no more. Right? God not a liar. This is the type of stuff that make people like, what? You got an opportunity to get, get put things in order, to restore relationships and, 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 and make stuff line up even though you've made mistakes, right? He say, ever since the creation of the world, his invisible qualities, both his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen. They are perceived in the things that God has made. So those people have no excuse at all. They know God. 
Even the demons know God, y'all. They know God, but they do not give him the honor that belongs to them, to him, nor do they thank him. Instead, their thoughts have become complete nonsense, and their empty minds are filled with darkness. They say they are wise, but they are fools. It's tons of people out there giving people advice on how to get a man, how to get a woman. Alpha males this and beta males that and and how to be married and all this all this advice about how to do stuff. God said that's complete nonsense. Nonsense. Right? Their minds are empty and filled with darkness. They say they are wise, but they are fools. Instead of worshiping the immortal God, they worship images made to look like mortals. Or birds or animals or reptiles. And so let, let me show y'all what you do. When you when you make something or someone into a God, when you make an, a, a, a false image, and let me tell y'all, that's a lot of times that's all that social media is. Nobody, nobody, it's a it's a song I listen to, but you know, everybody showed a picture at the party, but not the one when you throwing up at the end. Not the one when you wrapped around the toilet at the end of the night. They don't, nobody post like they mug shot after they done got the DUI. Right? Nobody, nobody don't take a receipt of when their mama had to bail them out of jail. You don't see that stuff on, on Instagram. Right? You don't see the consequences. You just see the good time. You don't see the consequences of, of living out of order. That's an image. That's a fake image. That's a graven image. You, you putting this up there to present this picture that you're blessed, that you're happy, that all is well. How about telling the truth? How about telling the truth? And so when you do this, listen to what the 24th verse says. It says, and so God has given those people over to do the filthy things their heart desires. And they do shameful things with each other. They exchange the truth about God for a lie. And they worship and serve what God has created instead of the creator himself who is to be praised forever. You worship the car. God made every material that that car made out of. They worship the money. It ain't nothing but paper. God made the trees. You worship the gold. God made the gold. You worship the sex. God created the process for life. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you just got up there on this pedestal, whatever that I got to have it is, God made it. God made it. The word says that everything that he made was good. The way that the stuff that was good got bad is because of us. Just because marijuana grow on me, you got to smoke it. Just because a grape grow on me, you got to turn it to wine. Just because sex exists don't mean you got to have it with everybody. We pervert it. They worship and serve what God has created instead of the creator himself. Because they do this, God has given them over to shameful passions. Even the women pervert the natural use of their sex by unnatural acts. Stop letting people do anything to you. Mm. Stop letting people do everything to you. Say anything to you. Right? In the same way, men 
Give up natural sexual relations with women and burn with passion for each other. Men do shameful things with each other. And as a result, they bring upon themselves the punishment they deserve for their wrongdoing. Y'all might say that same time harsh, but in any other area of life, like one plus one going to equal two. Like if you touch fire, you're going to get burned. You drop off a building, jump off a building, gravity going to take effect. Why we don't look at that way like the same way we're seeing? The wages of sin is death. Like, Jesus, if you don't want to die, give your life to Jesus. Live. Get out of sin. Live. You don't have to die. You don't have to be punished. Hell was not created for us. You don't have to go there. God say, I give them up to the punishment that they deserve for their wrongdoing. And what he's talking about is, what do you expect? Can two men produce a baby? No. And what's the purpose of that relationship? So the relationship is, I'm supposed to, it's either supposed to be father to son, brother to brother. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Father to daughter. But other than that, what's, what type of relationship I'm supposed to have with Marcus or, or Jordan or Brandon? Other than they my brother, my slight. Anything outside of that, God, they created to be that way. So what, what like, why is that so hard for people to wrap their mind on? Because we want to do what we want to do. And we'll fight tooth and nail to do what we want to do. God say, okay, I'm going to give you up to that. That's why when you turn on the TV, you probably can't, anybody here watch basketball, you probably can't watch basketball without seeing one of them commercials where they got the men kissing on, on the drug commercial about the drug that suppressed their HIV symptoms. It come on every five minutes. It come on so much. It come on so much, you don't even think twice about it no more. Because that's what we do as human beings. We try to find a loophole to what God has deemed evil. I'm just gonna put I'm gonna just put this medicine out here, and this is the solution to that sin. <laughs> we got commercials for abortion pills. Right? You don't want the baby, just take the what the morning, the morning pill, whatever, playing parent, whatever it is. Take that. That's the solution. Instead of respecting the process and not opening your legs, I praise God for the people who decided to have the baby, even though they like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I can't. I thank God for that. Right? But we got, a, we got abortion commercials. We got commas. We got sexually explicit content on every channel. We got sexually explicit lyrics that toddlers sang and danced to. Little, little four-year-old girl popping and shaking. They private parts and don't even know what they private parts made for. But they popping it and shaking it. Where they get that from? From the adults. Lord, I thank you. And so to suppress all of these things, whatever they may be, we normalize it. We normalize same-sex marriage, right? While we devalue traditional marriage. It's almost getting to the point where people are okay with same-sex marriage, but then when people talk about marriage to the other guy, the man and the woman, it's like, don't get married. Everybody get divorced. Marriage bad. Marriage whatever, whatever, whatever. 
You don't want that drama. We talk bad about traditional marriage and don't nobody, everybody's scared to say something about gay marriage. Oh, man. Just love is love. <laughs> Jesus. So true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> right? Right here, letting, letting eight year olds decide whether they want to be a boy or a girl. Going to the, to the, to the point that People are having surgery on their children to change them into something. So then when they get older and, and, and maybe God moved their heart, they can't do nothing because they're mutilating them. So y'all thought in the Old Testament when they talking about Moloch and, and baby sacrifices and child mutilation, that's just the Old Testament. No, that's right here now. Jesus. In all these things, Jesus cares. He cares what we do with our bodies. He cares how we live. The fact that you were abused as a child, because, right, it's because somebody stepped outside of God's purpose. That wasn't, like, that wasn't, for you to be abused as a child, that was not God's design. That was not God's purpose. Somebody didn't respect the process. Somebody, somebody was so sick and lustful, they preyed on you as a child because they couldn't control their passions. But that was not God's design. Your divorce, if it was because of infidelity, right, was the baby mama drama, the issues you might have with intimacy in your marriage. Because of pornography and stuff that you done seen and stuff that you done did with other people before you got married. It's because you didn't respect the process. Lord, I thank you. Right. I got to hear, man, I love y'all. But because I love you, I got to preach and I got to teach the truth, right? And the reason I got to preach and I got to teach the truth because all those examples, because all of the other voices are so loud. And how many times, y'all please tell me when you heard this in church. Lord, I thank you. And I got a whole thing to hear that I'm not going to do because I said, Lord, you tell me without preaching, but I'll probably go into the voice. But I'm going to leave that right here. Yeah. Okay. That's all I need. I can be the one person. <laughs> Amen. Divorce shouldn't exist. It shouldn't. Right? Even Jesus said that Moses allowed it. This is Matthew 19, verses 8 and 9. So the Pharisees thought they were going to catch. Jesus in the tree and ask him about divorce. Should a man be able to put away his wife? And this is Jesus' response. Jesus answered, he says, Moses gave you permission to divorce your wives because you were so hard to teach. Y'all, please catch them becauses. Please, please catch them becauses when, when Jesus give a reason for something. He said the only reason that Moses allowed, not because it was God's design, but the only reason that Moses allows it is because the men were so hard to teach. If you will respect the process, your wife would submit. Number one, you got to, if, if, 
Number one, you got to marry her in the first place. Stop trying to think these women got to submit to you and you've made no type of covenant or, or no type of commitment. But I'm supposed to submit. Number one, you got to marry him in the first place. And then number two, you have to submit to God. We love talking about the woman need to submit. Y'all know the other part of that verse say, men, submit yourselves to the Lord. Jesus answered and said, Moses gave you permission to, to divorce your wives because you are so hard to teach. But it was not like that at the time of creation. I tell you then that any man who divorces his wife for any cause other than her unfaithfulness commits adultery if he marries some other woman. Divorce occurs because somebody not respecting the process. And I want y'all to keep in mind he's talking to the men because we're no female Pharisees. The more I, the more I work, like the more I work through this. But so, but women, I, I need you to understand, right? So you you gotta you gotta think about this thing. If God is putting all the weight, if God is putting all the weight on this man, on my husband, and and he's leading me, and this is the person that I'm submitting to, and, and blessings and anointing and all this stuff flows from the head down. If I'm saying, if I'm sitting back and like all responsibility on you. Right, and you contribute to that man getting out of character, but you attach to him. So when he get out of character and God start getting on him, you know he gonna get on you too, right? Because that's your household. So when the word says that the woman was created as a help me, help him do what? Sometimes it might be pay bills. But that ain't the, like that. That's just like I was saying about sex. That's not the intent. Help him to be what? Help him to be holy so that he can lead you without all that stress and all that nagging and all that weight. Because life is hard without all of that. All that complaining and I want this and I want that. Life is hard without. Help him to stay with God so that as he leads you, you can be ensured that he's leading you in the correct direction. So when we read in Matthew 19, when we get to 1 Corinthians, Paul's words, 1 Corinthians 7, Paul's words make so much sense. Paul is basically saying, you know, respect the process. Jesus said this about divorcing. And then he says, like, my opinion, not the God, but my opinion is X, Y, and Z, right? Paul is saying respect singleness in that chapter. Respect singleness. Respect it. Don't be so quick to jump out there. Because what happens is we jump out there, we want to be married so bad and don't understand the process. And don't understand the process. We don't understand what intimacy is. We don't understand what help me means. We don't, as men, we don't understand what it means to submit to God. Submit to God is not coming to church. Submitting to God is not paying your time. Submitting to God is living for the Lord every single day in your life. Talking to your children about the word. Showing up. Coming home. Loving your wife. Providing. Getting skills that you can use to take care of your household. Not being lazy. All that is submitting to God. I present myself to you, God. Use me however you want to use me. That's submitting to God. 
Now I went to church with you. I went to Bible study with you. You know how many women want me? But I come home to you. Like you're doing. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. You want a reward for something you're supposed to do anyway. Respect singleness. Respect holiness. Right? Because if you get in a relationship with somebody that don't respect the process, it ain't going to turn out good. Lord, I thank you. Paul says things. He says so. Ephesians 5 and 28. So are men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. It helps you understand Leviticus. If you don't see your wife or if you don't see your husband as you, y'all not respecting the process. When you hurt that person, and I know everybody ain't in here married, but the reason I say respect singleness is because a lot of the things that I'm talking about translate outside of, of marriage. It's just about respecting, the, respecting your parents, honoring your mother and your father, not provoking your children to anger, honoring your children, honoring your siblings. See, that, that's, another, that's another misperception. We got marriage up here on this pedestal. But if you read, read the chapter, Paul says, I would rather you remain as I am, which is single. Ooh. He says things like Ephesians 5 and 25, husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. He gave himself for it. He gave himself for it. If you're not willing to go last, you don't need to get married. If you're not willing to get to, to go last to make a sacrifice, you don't need to get married. Colossians 3 and 19. Husband, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Do y'all understand? I'm reading y'all directly from the word. Not trying to beat up on the men, but I want y'all to understand when the word wife is used, it is often used in conjunction with husband in the same sentence like I'm reading, and the responsibility is falling on the husband. Very few instances is it wife do this to make your husband do that. They group together and in the, in there are responsibilities listed for wives, but the initial point of contact for God is the husband. It says, husband loves your wives and be not bitter against them. First Peter 3 and 17. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Weaker does not mean beneath, but y'all got to understand even your, your, your body, how you were designed, why you have broad shoulders is symbolic of being able to carry more. The reason that your muscle mass is different from a woman is symbolic of being stronger. The reason that most men are taller than women is symbolic of stature. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Like, and that's that's what that goes back to what I was saying when 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 the word says that from the very beginning it was made clear. God say, I'm gonna design you this way as a symbol so it's clear who's stronger. 
But see, men like you be puffed up. You want to be stronger in the physical. How about you leave your house and be stronger in the spiritual? Y'all blame Brother Mark if he asked for it. <laughs> he asked for it. All of these verses are concerned. All of these verses, y'all, are concerned with respecting the process of marriage and healthy relationships that life is supposed to come out of. So when I say what when life is supposed to come out of, y'all go back to Leviticus 15 and we're talking about semen and blood and water and babies and all of this stuff being born. And formed in the womb in the process for when you had a baby and, and everything that's supposed to be happening. God put these in, in, in place so that when the baby comes forth, they grow up in this environment where my mama, my daddy, my daddy is loving my mama like Christ loved the church. My mama is committed. She's meant to help me. She, 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 she's, she lifts up my father and he's striving for the Lord and he works hard and he provides for us and he teaches us that my mom like sets this atmosphere in the home and we go to church together and we do all these things and I'm around the right people and no one is abusing me. Nobody is 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 hurting me. Nobody is raping me. I'm not watching people get drunk and get beat. I'm not doing any of that. Right? <laughs> That's God's design. Amen. That's God's design. God says respect the process. Respect the process. Life would be so much better. Amen. 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 Y'all come on and give the Lord a hand. Messy as it is, y'all. It doesn't have to be as messy as it is. We know that sin is real. We know that there are things that have happened to us, things that we are battling through, things that we are going through. Some stuff we ask for, some stuff we did. But once again, that's the beauty of Jesus. That's the beauty of Jesus. That we don't have to go bathe and get a dove or a bull or shed blood or go outside outside the camp for seven days and do all of these things. You don't have to do all of those things because Jesus paid that once and for all sacrifice. All we got to do is believe. All we got to do is believe. Anybody desiring to give their life to the Lord on today?